Well, good morning, City Light. Like Eric said, my name's Doug, and I get to follow Jesus with all of you awesome folks. Um, you, many of you probably know that this past summer, our church gave my family a sabbatical. And so we went on an adventure from here all the way out to Seattle and back. And along the way, we got to like ride in a ferry and find these like really brightly colored starfish and hike mountains. And we saw a lot of surprising things. Maybe the most surprising thing we saw, though, was in the middle of nowhere on an interstate in Idaho. Uh, we were starting to get a little low on gas, and one of the kids had to stop and use the restroom. So we started looking for a sign where we could pull over. After a few minutes, we saw this big, bright yellow sign that said, Food and Fuel, and we thought, there it is. We got to it, and we pulled over took the exit. But then whenever I like pulled in and parked the van and pulled out my wallet to like slide my card in that little slot thing, there was no slot. And there were no like prices or those digital prompts. I started looking around more closely and there was no like hose or nozzle or like prices or gas. There's like no nothing. I'm like, this is strange. Like what is happening here? So I look over to like the store part of the gas station in between me and the store were like a bunch of llamas and donkeys and goats. And I'm like, what is happening? This is weird. So I go towards the store part, hoping I could get past the animals and into it. And I discovered, oh, these llamas and goats and donkeys, they're all behind a little fence where our kids could pet them. So that's what we did. We unloaded the kid and said, come pet the animals. This will be fun. I go inside the store. It was unlocked. There was no clerk. There was just like a big sign that read, this is a privately owned business. We reserve the right to serve anyone we want and kick out anyone we want. Wow. Okay. This like gas station petting zoo convenience store was getting more and more weird by the moment. So I walk back outside and look up at that huge yellow sign we'd originally seen, and right there where the prices for the gas were supposed to be, it said that the gas of price was an arm and a leg. And so like our family, we just laughed at it, pet some animals, loaded back up in the van and kept driving on the interstate, hoping there was a gas station soon. We kept saying, that was weird. That was strange. Was that a petting zoo? Were our lives at risk back there? You know, like, that was strange. It was weird. It was odd. I think it's safe to say it was not a normal experience. You know, it wasn't like that classic pull over, fill up, load back up, and get back on the road. So, City Light, friends, let me just tell you that this morning, um, I'll just give you a heads up early in the message that though it might feel like a regular old Sunday and there's a bright yellow sign off to the side of the road and you're just going to pull over, get filled up, and go on with your life, I might as well let you go now. I'm about to say some weird stuff, some strange things, some not normal words. Now, these words, they're normal in the Bible, but in our culture and in our time, they are strange here are the three strange statements that I want to unpack with you this morning. Number one, we intentionally choose to suffer for Jesus' church. Number two, we rejoice in our sufferings for the church. And number three, 
We rejoice in our sufferings for the church because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Three not normal statements. They might as well be a gas station petting zoo in the middle of Idaho. But they are true. So let's just track through them one at a time. The first one is this. We intentionally choose to suffer for the sake of Jesus' church. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 spells it out for us. Paul writes, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. That doesn't mean that like Christ's work on the cross was ineffective or incomplete. Paul's just saying he's representing, he's bringing that suffering in person, in real time to the Colossian church. I'm filling up what's lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church. So Paul, the guy who wrote this letter to the Colossian church, says he suffers for the church. And his sufferings he sees as an extension of Christ's sufferings for the church. Paul doesn't see his sufferings as like bad luck or misfortune or accidents. He has willfully, intentionally, purposefully entered into these sufferings for the sake of Jesus' church. If you skip down to verse 25, to make the word of God fully known. So that's where I draw this strange statement that we intentionally choose to suffer for Jesus' church like Paul did. Now, I want us to see this in the, in, in the Bible. So if you got your phone app or you got the actual pages, open it up. And let me just show you some other words that Paul uses to describe the versions and dynamics of this suffering that he's talking about, okay? Like in verse 24, he uses the word sufferings, which just means like, hardship, difficulties, difficult times. And he uses the word afflictions, which paints a picture of whenever grapes are pressed down or stomped on to get all the juice out of the grapes. Later in verse 25, he calls himself a minister, which means a servant, like a lowly, humble servant. Skip down to verse 29. Paul says that he toils for the Colossians, which paints a picture of exhausting labor, like those times when your shirt is stuck to your sweaty skin because you have been outside in the sun all day pulling weeds or mixing concrete or baling hay or cutting wood or whatever it is. That is toil. And then in verse 29, Paul also says that he struggles. He's struggling with all his energy. That is a word that reminds them of like a contest, a match, a fight, like when wrestlers at the Iowa State Tournament are exerting pressure against one another, pushing against one another, and exhausting themselves. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, Paul calls his service and his love for the Colossian church a struggle, a great struggle. It's a fight. It's a battle. It is a cardio workout, sweat-inducing, heart-beating workout for the sake of this church. Do you see the kind of suffering that Paul's talking about here? It's a voluntary labor, an intentional, lowly service, a chosen suffering for the sake of the church. Now, Light, I think that we can enter into this same kind of suffering for the sake of one another. We can serve one another through suffering as well. How? Like, how do we do that? Well, 
let me share with you just a few examples of how I think many of you already are suffering for the sake of the church. So those of you who happen to host City Group in your house, what's it like for you in your house for those couple of hours right before everyone arrives? If you're like my family, you are scrambling around, right? You're getting everything ready, cleaning everything up, making sure everything's set up great so that when people arrive, they feel loved, they feel welcomed, they feel enjoyed. You're like, okay, we got to get the carpets vacuumed, we got to get the house clean, the dishes done, the laundry put away, the lawn mowed, all that sort of stuff. It's intentional labor for the sake of your city group. Um, city Light Kids volunteers. Have you ever had those Sundays where you come in and you're prepared? Like you've done your studying of the Bible, learning the lesson, you've prayed it up for these kids, and you walk into that classroom, and apparently those kids all ate three donuts each and drank a cup of coffee before they came to your classroom. And they're just bouncing off the walls like crazy, and it's all that you can do to just prevent bones from getting broken, you know? But you're like, no, I love these kids. Jesus, you said, let the little children come to me. You know, like you're rehearsing that, you're praying for them, and you're still loving them through that. That is intentional chosen. It's lowly, humble service for the sake of Jesus' church. Or men... Those of you who walk in close community and you help each other fight against sin. Have you ever had a moment where you sit down to just like chill out and watch a game, but then you get a text from a brother in Christ. He says, hey man, I need your help. I'm struggling. I'm feeling tempted to look at pornography. I'm feeling drawn to lust. And so you get up off that couch. You call him. You talk with him. You pray with him. You encourage him. And you stay with him till that temptation passes and he keeps walking in freedom chosen suffering for the sake of the church. All of you who support orphans through Amana Kids or Compassion International or your organization of choice, all of you who give financially to the church, from that to like our friends, the Huttons, who live in the Middle East and they equip and raise up local church planters to go plant churches in hostile nations, all of that is what Paul is talking about. Anytime we intentionally trade in our comfort for the church's blessing, that's what Paul's talking about. Anytime we trade in our convenience for the church's growth, that's what Paul's talking about. Anytime we lay aside a smooth sailing life for the risk of kingdom come, that's what Paul's talking about. We intentionally choose to suffer for the sake of Jesus' church. And isn't that strange? Isn't that weird? Like, we live in a culture that shouts at us, worry about you, think about you. And the Bible celebrates those who count others more significant than themselves. We live in a culture that says, pursue your own success. And then the Bible celebrates those who are willing to trade their own personal success to serve the lowly and give to the humble. The culture says, keep all your money. It's yours, right? The Bible says, share your money. Give it away to others. The culture that we live in says, it's all about you. And the Bible says, Paul says, Colossians right here so clearly says, it's all about Jesus. Our intentional chosen suffering for the sake of the church. It's all about Jesus. So like the first strange statement that I think Colossians is making here is we intentionally like choose to suffer for the sake of the church. But it's not like just 
that suffering that is strange. It's also any of us, it's like our posture, our emotions, our heart, our inner life as we suffer for the sake of the church. Let's go back to Colossians 1.24, and I want to highlight a word here that we kind of skipped over in the first point, okay? Look at it again with me. Paul writes, now I, what's the next word, church? I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. So strange statement number two, we rejoice in our suffering for the sake of the church. That's odd. Rejoice in suffering? Joy in struggle? Gladness in sweaty, exhausting labor? Not for me or for a pay raise, but for the sake of Jesus' church. In contrast to that, consider Instagram. Instagram is the second largest social media platform on the planet. Every month, there are about one billion people who use Instagram. Every day, there are 500 million people who use Instagram, and the vast majority of them, about 71%, are young, under the age of 35. And the average user uses Instagram for 53 minutes per day. You add all that up, and you've got a huge industry all right there in one little app on that phone that you hold in your hand. And so it's no surprise that there's a whole world of jobs on Instagram called influencers, okay? Influencers are people who build a following and then they sell products to that following. Influencers, they get paid to like hold a certain drink in their hands or have a certain food product in the kitchen in their photos or wear certain name brand clothes. And these influencers, they can make like up to $100,000 a year just wearing the new hoodie from Target that you just got to have because it's so cute and you should go buy it from Target. Now, every single influencer from The Rock to Marie Kondo to PewDiePie, whomever it is, they are saying basically the same thing. Find what makes you happy. And oh, by the way, this product will make you happy, right? That's what they're doing. It's the same basic message. Here's how to make your life more easy, more comfortable, more cool, more cush. And whenever you get that experience, when your life is more easy, you will be glad. You will be happy. You can rejoice. Rejoice in this product because it makes your life easier. It's the same thing that every car commercial sells. Same thing every politician sells. It's the same thing every hot cup of Starbucks in your hand on a cold fall morning sells. Life is about you, and you can rejoice when life is easy. Find joy in you. Rejoice in you. And then Paul shocks us. Isn't it so strange when he writes, I rejoice in my sufferings for the sake of other people. I am happy in my sufferings and labor for the sake of the church. I am glad when life is hard for the sake of Jesus' people. It's crazy. It reminds me of my friend, Chris Reed. Chris is a part of our church, and recently Chris was diagnosed with stage 4 stomach cancer. Now, that cancer wasn't like a chosen suffering for Chris, but Chris has 
intentionally chosen to use his suffering for the sake of others. And I've watched his joy increase even in his suffering. From the moment that Chris told me he had cancer, he also told me about his plans for how he was going to use his suffering to encourage others and serve others. So Chris, when he has his doctor's appointments, like he's honest about the pain that he's feeling, but he also asks the doctor how he can pray for him, how he can encourage him. And when Chris is going in for treatments and he's hanging out with other patients, he's talking to those patients and encouraging them and praying for them. And then just a few weeks ago, um, in our gatherings, a lady, a regular sweet lady in our church, she came in and she was clearly like hurting. She had had a back injury in the summer. And uh, so my wife and I said, man, we want to pray for you to this lady. But we also really wanted to pray for Chris that morning so that, and pray that God would heal him of his cancer, right? Let's pray. Let's ask God to do this. And so I went up to Chris. I was like, hey, dude, we really want to pray for you this morning, but we also are going to pray for this lady. So we'll get back to you after we pray for her. And Chris goes, can I pray for her too? I was like, oh, that's awesome. That is amazing. Yes, come on, let's go pray for her together. And so my wife, my daughter, Pastor Nick, and Chris and I, we gather around this lady and we pray for her. It was so beautiful. It was challenging in my soul. It was invigorating to me to hear Chris as he battles through stage four cancer. Pray for this lady who is struggling with a back injury. Chris has found a way to suffer for the sake of Jesus' church, and his joy has increased in that suffering because he's pursuing it. He rejoices in his sufferings, and he sees his sufferings as like an extension of Christ's suffering, a real, live, present-day, in-person picture of how Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered in front of other people and for the sake of other people. And here's Chris suffering in front of other people and for the sake of other people. Chris's joy is evident. Like, if you're in his city group, you know it. If you're in his family, you know it. He is rejoicing in his sufferings. And it's strange. Okay, so two strange statements. Um, We intentionally choose to suffer for the sake of the church. We rejoice in that suffering. And then the third strange statement, we rejoice in our suffering for the church because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, I need you to open your Bibles back up and just Look at it, please, so you can follow with me, so we can get Paul's train of thought here, okay? And then we can feel this. Verse 24, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Now skip down to the end of 25. To make the word of God fully known. So Paul's saying his sufferings are revealing the word of God. Okay, I got to just read the Bible. Here we go, verse 26. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, to these saints. And saints in the Bible are just regular people who are following Jesus and trusting Jesus. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. So, Paul's rejoicing in his suffering because it's taking the word of God around the world. You see that? His sufferings are an avenue for this word of God to spread to all different kinds of people in all different kinds of places. These Gentiles is what he calls them. And for those people, the word of God was something that had been hidden 
unseen. But now, as Paul willingly enters into suffering for them, it's allowing the Word of God to be known, the Word of God to be seen. Paul's rejoicing in his suffering because that Word of God's going out, okay? He calls that Word of God great, glorious. He calls it a mystery. So now we're prepared to ask Paul, what is so great, so wonderful, so glorious about this Word of God, Paul, that inspires you to rejoice in your suffering? Verse 27, the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, here's how Paul rejoices in his sufferings. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, if you were to get lunch with Paul at an ancient Greek diner on the Mediterranean Sea, and you guys are chatting while the waves are coming in, and you can hear the seagulls in the background and all that sort of stuff. And if you were to ask Paul, hey, Paul, why do you suffer? I think Paul would say, man, I suffer for the church to fill up what's lacking in Christ's afflictions. And then if you ask him, Paul, how do you feel about that suffering? He would say, I rejoice in my suffering. And then, as you're thinking, this is strange, and you dip your chip in that ancient Greek hummus and you ask him, Paul, how were you able to rejoice in your suffering? I think he would say, because Christ is in these people. Jesus is in these people. The living, resurrected, glorious, exalted Jesus Christ is in these people, like in the church. These real people in their real lives. And oh, Jesus in them is tremendous hope for glory. Paul was pursuing glory and he knew that Jesus was in his people. And so he was willing to suffer. Think back to um, last week's sermon, you remember Eric like introduced Jesus to us, like pulling straight from Colossians 1, 15 through 23. Paul introduced Jesus to us. Do you remember how he described Jesus? He described Jesus as preeminent, like first place in everything, supreme over everything. He described Jesus as the glorious creator, ruler, reconciler, death defier for his people, for his church. He described Jesus as unique, surpassing, transcendent over all things. It's like Paul took us to right below the gateway arch in St. Louis, and he took off a blindfold and he said, look. We're like, oh my goodness, it's so much bigger than I thought. He's so big. It's like he took us to the top of Pike's Peak in the Rockies, and he takes off the blindfold, and he says, look, and we're like, it's so expansive. He's so beautiful. He's so grand. It's like he takes us to the top of the Les Hills Bluffs and takes off the blindfold and says, look out over I-29 in the valley and Epley Airfield in the background. We're like, the Rockies got nothing on this. <laughs> Probably not like that, okay? But Paul does introduce us to a staggering, phenomenal, universe-creating, death-defying Jesus. And now Paul is saying, I hope you get how strange this is. Paul is saying that Jesus is in us. And if you guys, if this is so weird... That Jesus is in us. And if that Jesus, the universe-creating, death-defying, sinners-reconciling Jesus is inside of us, then that gives us hope to suffer through whatever might come. 
And that gives us hope whenever our kids are suffering and they're sick and we wipe their nose for the 600th time that day. That gives us hope to suffer for others. That gives us hope to give away large chunks of change to the poor in our city and serve them with the love of Jesus. That gives us hope to not just use people to climb the career ladder, but to serve people and love them in the name of Jesus. That gives us hope when we have stage four cancer, but we're going to enter in and pray for the lady with a back entry. Christ in you. That is hope. But not just any hope. It's not like the hope that we'll survive or the hope that we'll get by. It is hope of glory. Hope for glory. This vision, this reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory, it like drove Paul, it riveted Paul in everything he did. He continues in chapter 1, verse 28, and he says, Him we proclaim. Who? Christ we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So what is the glory that we hope for even as we suffer? What is the glory that we can rejoice in even as we suffer? It is the glory of growing in Christ. The glory of becoming more like Christ. The glory of thinking and feeling and giving and loving and serving like Christ. That is glory. And in chapter 2, verse 2, Paul calls this glorious mystery Simply Christ. So what is the glory? Christ. What gives us joy in our suffering? Christ. What is our hope? Christ. So, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to piggyback off of Paul a little bit here. And I want to close this teaching this morning with both a warning, like he just mentioned in chapter 1, verse 28, and an encouragement, like he mentions in chapter 2, verse 2, okay? So City Light, I warn you, I, I warn me, to the degree, no, let me say it first this way, the self-centered pursuit of yourself will not put you in touch with Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know that sounds strange. It is like contrary to every Disney movie and Instagram influencer and YouTube commercial. But I warn you, the degree to which you pursue your joy in yourself and making your life more easy is the degree to which you will feel disconnected from the glorious, hopeful reality of Christ in you. I know we don't do a lot of warnings around here, but please know, I warn you with love. I warn me with love. But also, let me encourage you, okay? Oh, City Light, so many of you, whether small or big ways, you suffer. You intentionally choose to suffer for the sake of Jesus' church, and I watch it. I watch you do this, and so many of you, you do it with joy. City group leaders, I watch you give your time, your energy, your emotions 
to those in your city group, making sacrifices for them so that they might grow in Jesus. And it's beautiful to watch you do that. Student ministry volunteers mean so much to me. I got two kids in student ministry right now. I watch you give up every Wednesday night of your life so that teenagers can know Jesus and worship Jesus and follow Jesus. It's beautiful. All of us who have sent thousands of dollars to the nations, sent dozens of people to plant churches, and we beam with joy to think that those dollars, those people, our sacrificial spending leads to orphans knowing the love of Jesus, leads to churches planted for the glory of Jesus. Oh, be encouraged, City Light. To the degree that you intentionally choose to suffer for the sake of Jesus' church is the degree to which you will be knit together with the church in love. And we will experience Christ. Be encouraged, City Light, as you suffer. For Christ is in you individually, but Christ is in you, church family, and what hope of glory there is for us. Would you pray with me? Mm. And maybe you can just begin praying, even as I'm wondering where to take this prayer and where to go with it. Could you just begin praying and asking God to speak to you in this time? Would you ask God to highlight in this scripture passage and maybe in that message, what was for you? What was he saying to you? What does he want you to hear and so, Father, I pray for my friends, this family in the room, and the friends and family down the hallway, the friends and family online, that they might hear your voice. I think maybe it's one thing to um, hear it said from some guy on a stage, and maybe even a, a pastor, but, oh, Spirit of God, would you speak to them? Would you let them know that you are celebrating when they count others more significant than themselves? That it doesn't go unnoticed before the throne of God. It does not get lost or forgotten in history somewhere. From the smallest cup of cold water to the largest selling everything and moving to the other side of the world. You rejoice whenever we trade in our comfort for the sake of other people knowing, loving, and following Jesus. Oh, Spirit of God, would you personally apply that to hearts this morning? Let them hear from you. Let them know your pleasure and your delight, even as they rejoice in their sufferings for the sake of the church. Father, I pray for those in the room who have um, maybe didn't intentionally enter into suffering, but they have suffered at the hands of the church. They've been um, used, abused, chewed up and spit out by the church. God, I just pray for healing for them. Would you, oh God, would you please, please, please make this church family a safe place for people to heal up and experience your love in personal ways. But I pray for those who are hurting, would you bring healing to them and would you restore them and refresh them? And might they even identify with Paul and say, I'm gonna keep serving the church. I'm gonna keep loving, I'm gonna keep giving. God, you're so good. Thank you for Jesus. 
the ultimate sufferer, the ultimate sacrifice. And we even now, we look upon his cross and his suffering and we ascribe all worth to his suffering, all worth to his sacrifice. He was fully effective in all that he did. And Jesus, we praise you, we exalt you. We want you to be the big deal in our church, the most famous person, the most often conversation topic because of your suffering and your sacrifice that gives us life and gives us power to in turn follow you on that road of suffering for the sake of your people. Oh God, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.